Hey, my friends, welcome to another episode of Big Ideas from the Business Intelligence Guy. I'm Nate Moore. I talked with a group in the Rocky Mountains today about uh, a provider who was about to retire from the practice, and they were trying to figure out how to allocate this provider's patients and where was the optimal place to uh, you know, divvy this cohort of patients to their patient list up between their existing providers. And I mentioned to them that I'd done something similar for a group on the East Coast not too long ago. In fact, still kind of occasionally working on this project, adding more data. And so what I want to do today is kind of I'll tell you a little bit about what I told the group in the Rocky Mountains about what I'd done for the group on the East Coast and think about what kind of data you might want to grab from your system as a provider prepares to retire. You know, in the real world, no offense to healthcare, but in the outside world, outside of healthcare, a lot of businesses will get their arms around the cost to acquire a customer. And I haven't seen a lot of groups do that in medical practices. They just, you know, patients come in the door and, you know, they're grateful or whatever, and there might be a gift basket at Christmas or whatever, but there's not a whole lot of focus on the cost to acquire patients. And I think as a provider retires, I think one of the things you might want to think about is if you assign some kind of dollar value to each patient or the cost to acquire those patients, if let's say your cohort's a thousand patients for the sake of argument, what would it cost in terms of money and time to get another thousand patients in your practice? You don't want to lose the thousand patients that are here just because the provider's retiring, right? Now, if they're leaving and going to competing practice, that's a totally different conversation. We're talking about retiring patients today, or retiring providers and their patients. And so with the, you know, the maybe a background or with, with the perspective of those patients have value and it took us time and effort and money to acquire those patients. The question is, how do we best preserve that patient relationship as Dr. A leaves the practice? And so one of the, what I told the group in the Rocky Mountains that I did for the group in the East Coast was we grabbed a bunch of data around these patients to try to get a sense for who is the best fit within our practice for this specific patient that's, you know, whose primary care provider now or your primary provider in the practice is this retiring physician. So we grabbed a bunch of information. The, with the group in the Rocky Mountains, what we started with was demographic information and said, all right, where do these patients live? And, you know, the group in the Rocky Mountains has a couple of uh, locations and, you know, based on where they live and where the new providers typically practice, maybe that'll drive part of the decision is demographics and zip codes, that kind of thing. What the group back east did is they said, well, let's look at some other things. One of the things we looked at was, have this has this patient seen any other providers in our practice besides their main provider that's retiring, right? And so what we did is we said, all right, let's count the number of visits with other MDs and other advanced practitioners in the practice, and maybe that'll help. Maybe there's already a relationship there. Maybe we can help send those referring or those um patients and refer them to this provider who they already know, or this advanced practitioner who works with this provider as part of the team or whatever that they already know. And then what we started saying was, well, let's look at the problem list. Both of these providers, both these practices are single specialty, if you will, but they're subspecialties within that single specialty. And so what we tried to do is say, let's look at their problem list and let's say if they have this specific issue, we're going to, that makes them more likely to go to, you know, Dr. B versus if they never had this issue, then we may send them to Dr. C just based on subspecialization in our practice. So we looked at a dozen different uh, problems that you might find on a problem list or an ICD-10 code or series of ICD-10 codes and look at it that way and say, all right, 
is a subspecialization a way to look at this? Another thing we looked at was who's the last provider they saw? If the last provider they saw, the last non-Dr. A retiring provider, then, you know, maybe that's the relationship. Maybe they only saw them once, but it, maybe it wasn't that long ago. So who's their last provider they saw that's not retiring, right? And what's the date of that? Is it within the last six months, year, two years, that kind of thing? Same thing with advanced practitioners. Who's the last advanced practitioner they saw? And what was the date of that? Then what we tried to do is we tried to get our arms around how long has this patient been with the practice? So we went back and you can data mine and say, how long has the patient been there? So was their first appointment with this provider last week, last month, last year, or 25 years ago or whatever, you know what I mean? And trying to get some sense of the length of the relationship and maybe that'll help drive what our approach is to retaining this patient. And uh, another thing we looked at was, did the, the retiring provider see the patient? This year, last year, year before that, year before that, that kind of thing, to try to get a sense for what's the cadence, what's what's the expectation of this patient, and that can help us figure out okay, what what's our, how many patients do we have? Does this provider have room for it versus does that provider have room for it in the schedule? To try to get a sense for what's the cadence, what's the expectation? Is this a once a year, once every three years, or once a month kind of patient? So, and then on top of the problem list, another thing we looked at was, hey, let's get our arms around medications they're on. And if we can understand what we're doing on medications, then uh, that might tell us something in terms of, well, this provider typically prescribes this medication. If we know they're on that medication, then we know that they're more to this subspecialty, that kind of thing. My point is, your practice management system, and especially your EMR, know an awful lot about your patients. Those patients are of value to you. I mean, you took time and effort and money to accumulate those patients, to to um, convert them to your practice, to use a business term, right? To, to bring them in. And with a little bit of homework and a little bit of data mining and a little bit of effort, you can grab all this data into a spreadsheet and then say, all right, you know, there, here's 1,500 patients that this provider has seen in the last three years. And of those 1,500 patients, here's the best way to retain them. And here's the patient care. I mean, it's all about patient care, right? Here's the best way to provide patient care on an ongoing basis for these providers who are retiring. My two cents and some ideas around what to think about with retiring patients. If you believe the numbers, there's all, excuse me, retiring physicians. If you believe the numbers, there's all kinds of physicians. There's a, a good sized percentage that's going to retire in the next several years. And being able to plan for that and being able to retain patients after that, I think is going to be key as we move forward. I hope these ideas are helpful for you. Thanks for joining me today.